welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. This is volume 9, issue 418. We are talking about Beat Saber. Joining me in this issue 418 are Chris O'Regan on his very first Cane and Rinse appearance. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Bringing all of your expertise uh, to bear on your first Cane and Rinse. That was a surprise when you said to me. Uh, but yeah. Welcome. Technically, it generally is after all these all these years. Oh, I've actually years. been, you know, <laughs> sort of like tangentially affiliated with Kane and Rince, mm. and now I actually am. Only now <laughs> it took this uh, actually, long. Actually, a <laughs> contributor to the the the, uh, to the, the, the main show, the the, the original you know, show, not main original. I'm sorry, we'll apologies. Yeah, no. I, I call it the uh, flagship, but yeah, that works too. <laughs> uh, not only Chris and myself, I should point out, we have other people here. We also have Ryan Heyman. Not as clumsy or random as a beat blaster. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you're bringing all of your musical expertise as one of the two co-hosts of Sound of Play to uh, to this particular podcast. It is fantastic to have you with us. Do we all have specialties? I like this uh, this this format. Th- this of was where I was going. Yeah, specific. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, this is absolutely where I was going. Combined. With this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the the final person bringing their specialty, uh, I I'm going to go out on a limb and say this was uh, this show, this game was their choice for this volume of Kid and Rinse. Also has done a wonderful love letter video uh, love letter to this game. Uh, who else but Jacob Geller? Hello. In fact, it was not my choice. That was Florence. Wow. But uh, I was just extra tickled when I saw Beat Saber on the list anyway. On here as well. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I think I'll have some things to say about that one. <laughs> I think you will. So that rounds out the three extra special guests. And I am your host, James Carter, with no business being on this show, as you will discover when we start going through it. Uh, uh, yeah, rhythm action games. Who'd have thought I'd be here for a rhythm action game? Beat Saber, as mentioned previously. What is Beat Saber? Uh, I've tried to define it as a virtual reality rhythm action game involving slicing color blocks in time to music. Also, Guitar Hero meets Tron by way of Fruit Ninja with lightsabers, which I think... Yeah, that works. I think that's how I described it in my video. (laughs) As as kind of silly as I was trying to be with that, I think it actually works as a description. The developer and publisher of this game is Beat Games. They were founded in early 2018, and what a whirlwind couple of years this must have been for Beat Games. Uh, They were founded in uh, Prague, the Czech Republic, by, apologies for pronunciation on any of these founders' names, uh, Yaroslav Beck, Jan Ilavsky, Vladimir Hrinkar. Apologies for pronunciation. I've done my best. I hope I've not insulted anyone. Uh, Apologies if if, I have. So since... Found, being founded in early 2018, uh, the studio has actually been acquired by Facebook. Uh, Facebook, the owners of Oculus um, and the Oculus headsets that many people will have played this game on. That happened in uh, late November 2019. Uh, so still relatively recently to, to this podcast, about six months ago as we're recording. Also worth saying that much in the same way as when Minecraft developer uh, Mojang was acquired by uh, Microsoft, Beat Saber was already across multiple platforms by the time Facebook and technically therefore Oculus Beat Beat Games became part of that kind of conglomerate. Um, But uh, Beat Saber will continue to be uh, put onto 
or continue to be supported on the other platforms that it's on. It's not going to suddenly be pulled back to an Oculus exclusive or anything. It still exists on PlayStation VR and is updated with, uh, you know, most up-to-date DLC. Still exists on uh, Steam for use on Windows Mixed Reality, HTC, uh, Vive headsets and Valve Index as well. Just worth pointing that out here because it's one of those where you sort of hear the acquisition and think, oh, what does that mean? Well, in the first, in this instance, in, in the way things are now, it doesn't mean a whole lot aside from well done beat games for getting to the stage where you're being uh, noticed by a company like Facebook, I guess. Certainly founded as a relatively small company, so you're going to hear the founders' names coming up quite a few times through these credits. Uh, the game designers are listed as Jan Ilavsky. Vladimir Hrinker and Peter Hrinker. I I assume a relation, I don't know for sure. The artist on the game, Jan Ilavsky, and the composer for the game, Yaroslav Beck. All three co-founders appear a- across the, the th- those three different aspects of the uh, of the the credits and creation of this game. Uh, notably, Yaroslav Beck, obviously composer. This is a music game that's a, obviously a fairly central part to it. Um, has also composed some of the Overwatch shorts that are very well known by anyone who's a fan of Overwatch. The kind of uh, mini uh, they're they're their versions of trailers, I guess, but character introductions, that kind of that side of things. Uh, also trailers for Starcraft Legacy of the Void and for the Battlefield series of games. So has scored those as well, but now certainly for me, the place I know uh, the, this composer from is this game, because quite a lot of his music appears in this game. Also of note, Yaroslav Beck was for quite some time the CEO of Beat Games, but um, last year, I believe, stepped down from that role to focus more on the music side of the game. Obviously, again, music takes a lot of uh, putting together and a lot of reaching out to arrange uh, getting different musicians' tracks into the game, so that became a full-time job. Uh, One thing I haven't put in the credits here is that certainly on PSVR, I don't remember it appearing on the Oculus Quest version, but it pops up with Made in Unity on there. So the engine for this game, Unity, at least in some of the versions, probably in all, if we're honest, it just happens to appear in the credits or up front in the, in the, uh, in the intro for the PSVR version where I noticed it. So this game from a studio that was founded in early 2018 was released to early access, I should say, in on the 1st of May 2018, which is a little over two years at time of recording. That is almost unbelievable. <laughs> but nonetheless is true. That was early access on PC, VR and mixed reality headsets. Six months later, in November 2018, this game came to PSVR. That was that was the first official release. It wasn't... I don't, PlayStation at that point didn't have an early access. I don't believe they didn't have an early access program, so it was released to there for uh, PSVR. That was the first time the campaign was included, which we'll come back to later on in the discussion. But uh, May 2019, so a year ago as of our recording now, uh, the full release came out onto the PC and also to Oculus Quest. Um, so a year after it went into early access, as should usually happen, it came out of early access and was released as a full version. That's the release slate. We're now a further year on from that. And now's as good a time as any to say that by March 2019, so before the full release, um, it was announced that Beat Saber had sold 1 million copies. Uh, and then another year later, so March two th- uh, 2020, a couple of months ago, as of right now, 
it was announced that 2 million copies had been sold, making it uh, certainly, as far as I'm aware, and as far as any reports I've seen, the most successful in terms of sales VR game to date. I think that's been true basically since yeah. it's released. Like, since I don't, launched, I don't yeah. think there was a time that it w- I wasn't. Yeah, you know? I can't imagine anything would touch it. Yeah, And also in the same report uh, that I read by Ben Lang on the Road to VR website about the 2 million copy uh, milestone being hit, it was mentioned that 10 million songs have been sold. There is DLC for this game, much in the same way as a Guitar Hero or a Rock Band where you can buy extra song packs. 10 million extra songs have been sold and the total for the game in terms of revenue at as of two months ago was $67 million by, I think, any measure, uh, a pretty big success. Um, and not the game's only successes. In terms of critical reception, currently this game, Beat Saber, sits at 88% on Open Critic. Of those, 100% of the reviews that are listed there recommend the game. 88% is the score. Uh, that's just the way Open Critic do things a bit, um, I guess, kind of has a, a score and then also a kind of Rotten Tomatoes recommended or not on the side of it, almost. Weird analogy. I'll go with it, though. Um, the other place I looked for reviews, uh, IMDb had 77 reviews. So in terms of user reviews, that was the only one I found that had a significant number of reviews or, or significant enough to warrant putting in here. Uh, it sits on IMDb at 8.4 out of 10. Well-liked critically and by users, I think, fair to say. Um, and to further that, the successes of this game keep going on. Uh, a, a laundry list of awards. I thought it notable it was nominated for Best VR slash AR Game at the Game Awards in 2018, and then won that same category in 2019. The quirks of being a uh, an early access game, I guess. Uh, it got that much attention in 2018 before it was a- uh, actually released. Well, and also the Game Awards are a uh, user voting thing and so yeah. i think it probably makes sense that the best-selling vr game ever is also the one that people are voting for because yeah I, I would i would imagine that most people were not playing you know the the six other games nominated yeah no absolutely fair yeah the um the nominations are pulled from uh, representative games media outlets so yeah they, that game would have been put forward. Uh, worth saying in 2018, the game that it lost out to was Astrobot. And I don't, if there was going to be a game that it lost to, I think that was probably going to be the one in terms of number of people played it and this type of reception that it had. Uh, but Beat Saber came back strong 2019 and uh, took it in its launch year. Um, loads of other awards and nominations on there. Obviously, a lot of them in VR and AR categories, but uh, also uh, one most promising new IP at South by Southwest Gaming Awards. As a category, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but for Beat Saber, that's, uh, that's some doing. Um, that's really impressive. In a year when Control came out. So that's how the game was received uh, but not by us yet. We haven't talked about it. So I wondered, this is going to be complicated, folks. Uh, this is, as far as I'm aware, the first fully VR game that we have covered on Kane and Rinse. We have covered other games that have VR versions or VR modes. I'm thinking something like Superhot. We talked about the VR version, that as an example. This is the first time I think we've talked about a fully VR experience which means that we kind of need to couch what we're talking about in our own experience, not just with VR, but also probably with rhythm action games. As I mentioned, that 
<laughs> makes a little bit of a mockery of why I'm here, but I'll explain why in a second. Um, so we're going to keep this as brief as we can, but I think it's only fair to to be as upfront as we can with where we come from in terms of VR and rhythm action, uh, and probably also which versions of the game we played. Um, Jacob, seems sensible to go to you first as probably the person with the most Beat Saber experience. I sure, I, w- I would say that. Um, I mean, rhythm games first. I am a, a pretty good, pretty big rhythm game fan. I mean, I've played... Guitar Hero, Audio Surf, Thumper, etc. You know, it's like I, I check out things as they come out, but I wouldn't call myself, you know, the, the biggest fan in the world, um, which I might say about myself for Beat Saber. Um, I can do my, my first of many flexes now, which is the first time I played Beat Saber is when I was working at Game Informer. Um, <laughs> and and I got there and they had a VR room with a with a Vive. Um, and that was in summer of 2018, so just a couple months after the game had come out. I essentially locked myself in that room that summer and played <laughs> dozens and dozens of hours of it at the Game Informer offices. Um, and then I came home and went a couple months and then just thought, I can't take it anymore. And so <laughs> I bought an Oculus Rift, um, which is the system that I have continued to play uh Basically, since the uh, fall of 2018 until now, uh, almost, you know, <laughs> as consistently uh, as I have ever played a game. Excellent. Thank you very much. And uh, versions of the game you've played, experienced, tried, yes. therefore so, be obviously so the Vive HTC and Vive. Oculus. Yeah. And, and that's and about Oculus, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's Rift that you're on um, at home. Yes, just the uh, normal consumer version one Rift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant? Um, Right, so from someone I know very much, uh, well, I know a fair amount about their experience with the game. Chris, uh, I know you have VR headsets. I have no idea your experience with with this game in particular. So how did you come to Beat Saber and uh, what's your experience with it? Okay, Um, so for rhythm action games, Mm. um, just go back to the... 360 and you know the Guitar Hero stuff well actually PS2 sorry the Guitar Hero so go way back to that there might have been some earlier ones than that I can't remember what they might be but that's the one that means I mean you could argue you know Dance Dance Revolution but I never got into that yeah Um, or something I suppose maybe yeah yeah, again just passed me by because I was too busy shooting head crabs in (laughs) Half-Life so um uh, so moving, so the guitar was the thing, yeah. and and I still have all that stuff mm-hmm. actually accessible. It's not stored away somewhere. I can still get it. I can know <laughs> exactly where it is. So that's cool. So there's my. I mean, I'm not a massive fan. I'm terrible at them, but I love them. You know, like kind of the relationship we have a lot of that in a lot of games we play because of you know hand-to-eye coordination isn't what it was. I'm an older fellow, uh, so my you know it's not quite there, but it doesn't matter. No, with regards to uh, Beat Saber, first encountered it at probably a PAX. Don't know which one uh, because they kind of blur for me. Um, but uh, I didn't play it because I don't like playing VR games at shows because of the Pink Eye incident sure. 2012. Mm. Um, so I just don't like doing it very much. I have done it since and it's been fine, clearly. Um, and um, I just got it when it came out on PSVR, waited for it to arrive on PSVR. It did eventually arrive and then I played it a lot on that. Then I've got a quest, an Oculus Quest, and I've been playing it a little bit on that. But I only got the demo, maybe because I've got so much of the stuff on PSVR. I just want to know what it was like on the quest. And thankfully, there's a free demo to download, so I didn't have to spend any money, just mm-hmm. some time and effort to see what it's like, mainly for yeah. the benefit of this show and also mm-hmm. for my own edification. 
Now, Ryan, I don't, again, know your experience with Beat Saber, but I know your experience with game music. How did you come to this game and uh, more broadly rhythm action games, which I have to imagine you've played a fair chunk of? Yeah, rhythm action games is one of my kind of primary loves in video gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of like the weirder, the better when it gets when it comes to the rhythm stuff. I'm always like picking up weird rhythm action games on uh, on Steam and especially on uh, Switch these days has a, a yeah. number of great music games to pick up. And so, you know, this kind of thing was going to appeal to me no matter what. Um, I bought this pretty much right at the beginning of its um, of its beta period. Mm-hmm. And I remember like coming onto the Kane and Rince, um Slack, like right after it released into early access and being like, guys, you have to try this game. <laughs> and everyone was just kind of like, great, cool. We don't have VR, but we'll keep it in mind. And then, <laughs> and then of course it blew up and, you know, everyone, it became kind of an unavoidable, um, mega hit. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been with it from the beginning, but I've definitely not played as much as uh, Jacob or or others have played, just because <laughs> there tend to be long stretches of of months in between using VR. Um, I'm I'm playing exclusively on the Oculus Rift, uh, so <laughs> I, I I didn't end up picking this up for the PSVR as well, just because the um, that version doesn't really seem like it offers many advantages <laughs> yeah, when I'm why used would to, you? <laughs> yeah, modding and, and custom songs and stuff. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, so my history with rhythm action games, uh, I once had an asthma attack when playing the drums in school. I couldn't make it through the drum tutorial of Rock Band. Couldn't do it. I certainly played a lot of Rock Band and Guitar Hero at easy, medium, and a very occasionally hard tracks but it's one of those i never put enough consistent time in to overcome what you may be gathering now is a just unbelievable ability to not have a sense of rhythm or timing or anything like that um so i really liked the look of this game when it launched when uh, it came out on playstation vr i got a playstation vr to play this game to give it a go just because i liked the look of it i started the campaign and very quickly found myself out of my depth but little by little with playstation vr kind of trying to overcome what i think are some difficulties with um my the way that my room set up to play psvr and just my own inherent inability to play these games. Played uh, quite a bit of it, but when Oculus Quest came out, I was very interested in having an untethered headset, so I picked one of those up within a few weeks of it launching, and Beat Saber was the first and by far the uh, game I've played the most on Oculus Quest. It's a bit in fits and starts, like it sounds like it is with you, Ryan, so I've never quite built up this sort of experience that's needed to get to the higher levels of difficulty. Uh, this time round, for the um, for the recording, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I put the Oculus Quest headset back on again, thought, okay, I'll start from level one on the campaign, start building up little by little, see how far I can get. Um, and again, very quickly, uh, not that quickly, but about a third of the way through the campaign came unstuck and so went into the solo mode and have played that. But all in all, probably in the realm of... 25 hours put into this game rhythm action games it's kind of sporadic it depends how quickly i just feel feel like an abject failure and end up thinking you know what 
there's better ways for me to spend some of my time. But this game, almost more than I think any other, is one that I absolutely um, enjoy thoroughly and wish I uh, had put the sort of time Jacob had into this game because maybe I would have overcome some of my own uh, perceived limitations, which I'm sure a lot of them could be uh, just lack of practice. But uh, that's where I'm coming from. So your host for a rhythm action game. How did this happen, folks? Um, for an audio game, I thought the best place to start is the visuals. Um, why not? The art design of this game, I mentioned uh, Tron in the um, in the kind of what is Beat Saber, and I think that was kind of my first touchstone of, obviously, Tron based on the notion of a virtual reality. That's literally where the, the series kind of stems from. And I think in terms of the art design, in terms of the... Uh, dark colors and or dark shades and the blues and the neon um the environment just all over made me feel quite tron-esque when i first strapped on a headset and started playing this game obviously that depends if you're playing with uh, the default layout uh, and it depends on the track you're playing with various different tracks have different uh, backdrops and some of the dlc packs have kind of custom art put into them as well uh, the game can as you'll here repeatedly through the uh, the podcast the game can kind of look however you want it to if you're modding this game but in its basic form in its uh kind of core uh, ex- uh form if you like um it uh i think tron's a good touchstone how do we feel about the way this game looks i think it's um it's interesting to note that if you if you kind of think back on the first trailer you've seen, it might it might not seem like it's visually changed that much, but they have done a significant amount of visual upgrading uh, through the game's life, both in terms of, um, you know, what the sabers look like, what the blocks look like, uh, the the reflectiveness of the environments, the kind of smoke effects like it's. It's become a much more refined version of what it, you know, seems to have wanted to be from the beginning. And so even though they had a a very clear vision, I think uh, it's neat that within this fairly narrow aesthetic, there are a lot of ways that they've kind of up to the graphical ante. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You can modify things. The the, the particle effects example, you can make them go crazy or just tone down a bit that's lovely the the ui itself you can have advanced ui or just turn it off completely because some people don't want to know how well they're doing they know how well they're doing (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) they don't need numbers either side and they're proof of their vision telling them how good or bad they are doing um but there's also i i found for me as soon as i started playing oh look i'm in thumper and i'm good with that you know it's it's, it's, it's fine i mean there's the 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 aesthetics of that game are Mm. a whole Another kettle of you know fish to talk about, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and it's just a, but it's I'm fine with that. And the whole Tron thing, it works. It's been working yeah. for forty years since that film came out. It's fine. It's fine. It's uh, you know considering what you know what this game's about in inverted commas. Um, I don't know. There's got block flying at you. You know you're hitting them at rhythm. What uh, they, they could have put it in a forest. They could have done that. They could have had you chopping lumps of wood. But that would have been weird. You know, instead they put in this sort of virtual reality, virtual reality. And that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite a, an abstract environment to be in. You're on a platform in the middle of a vast open space, you know, bottomless kind of chasm um, with what 
I guess, a touchstone for a lot of people. Again, reaching back to my kind of intro description of this game would be a Guitar Hero-style note track coming towards you, just that you're, you've got blocks of two different colours rather than uh, notes on different coloured tracks to correspond to buttons. Um, Ryan, how about yourself? The, the looks of this game... Did they, did they grab you? I've spoken and written a lot about rhythm games in the past. And in particular, one of the kind of points that I keep circling back to is this tension between the laser light show that the game mm. wants to put forward and actually being able to play the game. Yeah. And um, oftentimes those two things are pretty starkly opposed to one another. Mm. So you'll see things like um, DJ Max playing distracting videos behind the note tracks or rock band the whole stage performance like adds to the fantasy but it ends up kind of pulling your eye away from where you really need to be focused and there's you know even things like guitaro man like you know wonderful i wouldn't trade it for the world but it's just it it distracts from the gameplay and you kind of feel like to do better at the game you have to ignore the a pretty significant part of the experience, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are yeah. some kind of precious few games that are really able to bridge that gap uh, from, uh, from voice to thumper. And I think that this one does this as well, where mm-hmm. you're still able to have this kind of full on audio visual experience without it distracting you from where you need to be looking. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, I love to see the, kind of swirling shapes in the background, but they aren't interesting enough to watch. I love seeing the kind of reflectiveness of the surfaces and the lasers going off in all directions, but they all feel like the most interesting and kind of eye-catching moving object on screen is always the notes without the rest of the background being boring or toned down in any way. Um, If anything, this kind of reminds me of uh, those videos that people did a few years back of um, people syncing their... uh, um, their home's Christmas lights up with different uh, different pieces of music. And it's like, this this all feels so, you know, it's not trying to create, um, it keeps everything abstract. And so it's not trying to create an, an image or a story for you to be watching, but um, it, it just envelops you completely, uh, thanks in pretty major part to the VR. And it's um, it feels powerful without it being overwhelming to the experience yeah i should say um we'll Mm. talk about this more in the mod section but probably about uh 60 to 70 percent of my game time with this has been with a completely different background because one of the things you can do is custom platforms and the thing that Mm -hmm. i change it to is essentially almost just a static picture of kind of a the sky so it you know Mm -hmm. kind of feels like you're standing on a you know a platform a mile up or something but Mm -hmm. i do think even though i like the uh the original thing too for me being in a bright environment with even less going on uh, lets me kind of play for longer without feeling the kind of like vr fatigue that sometimes sets in Um, and so i do like the aesthetics but also i think it's meaningful that i have uh, chosen to change them (laughs) Yeah, no, that's absolutely fair enough, I think. So one thing um, I would say in terms of uh, potential eye strain is obviously a dark environment with quite bright lasers and also the the brightness, which Chris uh, rightly points out, you can change the trail effect on the sabers so you can kind of reduce the amount of light your your eyes are having to cope with. But it is quite 
quite a distinct contrast in what you're seeing to the point where I could definitely see that causing eye strain over a like two hour session of playing um Beat Saber. Whereas, yeah, from seeing the sort of up in the clouds, Tom Cruise Oblivion style <laughs> uh, environment that, that you play in, uh, Jacob, I can imagine actually it's more uniform brightness. So you're actually looking for the colors and not the light, not if that makes sense, not the, the brightness of the, the light. So yeah, I can see that would reduce eye strain and allow you to play for longer. Background mods notwithstanding, mm. there's... Uh, I think it's easy to get the impression of a pretty uniform look across the game. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, there are different backgrounds that have been created that are accessible within the game, yes. uh, different shapes and different reflective surfaces. And um, some, some of them feature more or less going on visually, but even just within one aesthetic, mm-hmm. there's a lot of freedom that is still given to the people who are designing the tracks individually to play with the amount of light and to um, and the kind of frequency and intensity of the um, of the lights that are going on. And so it's kind of striking. There are sometimes, um, especially in some of the like downloadable tracks that I've played before, mm-hmm. where the game will you know, the, the people who made the track decided to have this section in what feels like pretty oppressive darkness. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of makes me step back at those points and think like, whoa, yeah, this is, uh, this is not how I'm used to experiencing the game for as kind of yeah, minimal yeah. as it is in its color, um, palette, um, by choice. It's, mm-hmm. um, there is still quite a, a depth of experience that you get from going uh from track to track yeah yeah Yeah, occasionally on custom tracks there will even be a um a a difficulty that's just called light show where the person is like you know so proud of what they've made or whatever that it's like no notes (laughs) at all just kind of take this in like a concert uh which i think is neat i I never do them but like I, i think it's cool that that option exists we have already mentioned some of the uh potential version differences and We've already mentioned the fact that the game has changed over time. Jacob, you mentioned. Uh, one thing I did notice was um, when I first started playing the Quest version, um, it stripped back some of the uh, visual effects that I had seen on the PSVR, which is there's this weird kind of uh, seesaw balance between PSVR and Oculus Quest as arguably the two least powerful headsets in terms of raw resolution output and graphical fidelity etc where the oculus quest is higher resolution but the psvr with its external processing unit can process more stuff so originally the oculus quest version had very bare bones sabers there was an outline of color and then the hollow middle where there was none of the uh, i've seen some crackling effects go along it but also a kind of wave pulse of color going along it which now has been added to the oculus quest version but wasn't there at the beginning Um, likewise the particle effects that come off when you strike blocks on the oculus quest originally those disappeared very quickly uh, much more quickly than on psvr whereas now they do hang in the air a little bit more to this day something that's different about the quest version is the obstacle blocks that come towards you are uh, hollow blocks so you get the outline of them and there's kind of a shade inside it but there's no shimmer along them there's no kind of um there's almost like a um a liquid wave going across them in other versions of the the game um that's just not there on the quest version uh, i assume that's a uh an issue of resource and just not wanting to put any of the or uh, too much of the quests 
oomph into stuff that isn't relevant to actually playing the game. But they have they have added more to it over time. Um, it's just an interesting situation where you've got a game that is ostensibly quite straightforward, but still there are little uh, visual differences based on how much processing power the the hardware has available. There is one thing I wanted to add as well yeah. on that. There's the visuals, mm-hmm. uh, but this is all like technical, and I'm sure there's no, there's no way to describe it elsewhere. And you may think what I'm about to say bleeds into hardware, but I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. Having played PSVR more than the Quest version, mm-hmm. I found that the heft and weight of the move controls actually is help okay. because yeah. they are their vibration is much more aggressive. I know you can change the vibration settings on the other ones, but uh, it's very like, oh, God, it really feels you hit in the block. <laughs> and the precision at which when you hit them, the vibration hits the move controller. I really cannot be but impressed. So for me, the tactile mm. uh, from the PSVR version, and again, I'm only compared to Quest. I can imagine it's far superior on the PC version, but I just feel that that big stick, the natural stick that resembles the handle yeah, of, yeah. of the uh of the lightsaber that you'll use, or sorry, can't you? You know, you're hammering away at this stuff, and mm. when you when you when you've got a big swing in, and I love it when you've got a big swing, you, you, your arms in the right place. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Right, here we go. Yeah. Just you got a bit of a wind up you know. to it. Yeah, you yeah. got a wind up, and here we go. I'm just going to take it. I'm just because I just screwed up the last note, so you you have it. And uh, I just felt for me the the feedback, the the the, the sensory feedback from the uh, PSVR. Uh, move controllers was just a little bit better than the uh, the Quest ones. Yeah, it's it's a pretty significant difference. And like I said, mm-hmm. I jumped from uh, Vive to mm-hmm. uh, to Oculus. The, the, Vive has similar, at least the you know the kind of earliest Vive controllers are yeah. a similar shape to the the PlayStation ones, where they're more mm-hmm. of a handle. The jump from that to Rift was interesting because I did better on Rift, but I liked how it felt less because the yeah. rift ones are significantly lighter like yeah. you know probably uh 50% um and so you can move your arms faster and and that is a big deal here but mm-hmm. the the vibration is not great on the touch controllers um mm-hmm. and and it feels less like you're holding a sword hilt and so it's interesting <laughs> that it's you know, I I am sure that I've done songs on the the Rift that I like physically would not have been able to do with the bigger controllers. But it's yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel quite as good, and it is yeah. a big difference. And and it seems that uh, VR controllers are moving more in the very small, very subtle direction to kind of give your hands a more one to one feeling. Which makes sense for almost everything, but in games where you're supposed to be holding a big sword, uh, it, it actually loses something. Yeah. Now we need to talk about the software, believe it or not. Um, I think it's worth going into, uh, because when this game was uh, initially released into early access, it was understandably a few months after the company was f- uh, founded. Uh, it was quite relatively to what it is now a bare bones experience but the settings now actually are quite impressive in terms of stuff for customization but also stuff for accessibility there um, you can toggle which is your dominant hand so you can toggle it on if you're left-handed guilty i mentioned static lights in case uh the 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 dynamic lighting that it uses causes you any problems in terms of eye conditions or or anything like that uh, you can you can toggle that. Uh, allows you to customize player height and customize your uh, surrounding environment and where exactly your controllers are, etc. 
it allows you to customize the HUD and the sound effect volume and to turn off stuff like the trail intensity behind um, the saber and uh, whether or not cutting the blocks creates debris. Uh, Jacob, I think I saw certainly one video of yours where you turned that off so that the No, oh, I the always have can... it off. Yeah, there are just too yeah, many yeah. blocks. It gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Occasionally, if you're very uh, eager, you can have half a block jump up almost in front of your face when you've cut it. So yeah, it almost it doesn't quite pop the blocks out of existence, but they, they do kind of, and they're gone. Um, they do go quite quickly um, and allows you to tweak on auto restart and fail, which uh, in particular, if you're using Beat Saber as a fitness or exercise device, uh, having to go back out to a menu or to, to click on something to restart and let the song reintro that can kind of um, cause problems. So having an auto restart is really useful if you just want to keep playing, assuming frustration doesn't get the better of you. We've mentioned you can, even on the just the basic version of the game, not modded or anything, you can override the colors uh, for sabers and also for um, the blocks and the the kind of uh, theme for the level. Uh, it's There's a different default for different songs, uh, but you can kind of change it and tweak it. Uh, and the environments as well. There's uh, options for normal and circle, but on the quest, certainly on circle, I only have one option the normal allows you to change the backdrop so i can play with the green day backdrop on one of the the volume one tracks uh if i want to which i tried today just to see if that would work so i didn't have the green day pack and sure enough it let me put the artwork in anyway so it's kind of a nice touch one other thing that was added uh i so what i found was this was added in the 1.0 launch on the pc version in May 2019, that would have been, and uh, a tweet from Beat Games in May 2019 also said they were looking at how to do this request, but as far as I know, in-game, certainly, that option's not there for a level editor, is what I'm talking about here, where you can pull up the note track, they refer to it as a note track rather than a beat track, the same as it would be uh, for the likes of a Guitar Hero, and you can edit that so you can change things if something doesn't quite work for you, uh, you could change it. So I guess in theory, whenever I have a block that's as far down and to the extremities left or right as possible, I tend to get very low scores on those if I'm cutting upwards because I can't get the leverage to get a full swing in. I could, in theory, tweak that. So that wasn't the case. Uh, it seems very intensive, but it allows to do some of the stuff, uh, Jacob, that you mentioned with like actually customizing a, a level to, to make it do something extra or different or get creative with how, exactly how it plays, which is really neat, I think. Yeah, well, and I mean, it's it's interesting that they added a level editor after people had been making custom tracks on a different oh, level yeah. editor for months yeah. and months. And I think <laughs> the one that the community uses to make those custom tracks is uh, significantly more advanced. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that for sure, but I think that the like real kind of song makers are still using that one. And yeah. so it's it's kind of like Doom adding Snap Map compared to like modding you know, the actual, actual yeah, doom. Team, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be a kind of a running theme through some of the stuff that's been added. In a lot of cases, features they've added to this game are features that 
had already been modded into it. And I guess to the credit of Beat Games, they looked at it, saw something that worked, and they didn't shut it down. They didn't stop it, although updates of the game do kind of disable some stuff. They tried to bring that stuff into the game so that if you're someone that doesn't want to mod or, for example, has a version of the game, PlayStation or, or Quest, for example, that it's not so easy to mod necessarily, you can get involved in that kind of stuff as well, including customizing the colors and that kind of thing. That's obviously important for someone who might be colorblind or just have a preference, you know, colors that they find easier to distinguish or whatever. That's really nice to have that stuff in there, but you could mod that stuff way before they um, they allowed you to in the game, as far as certainly I'm aware, color modification was added in August 2019. So that was already a year and a half after the game had been um, released to early access. Yeah, but I but I think you could with modding, you could probably do it after like about six days after the game was released. That's something that had been in there forever. <laughs> yeah, there's mod videos from second of May, which is a day after it was <laughs> it was released to early access. Uh, the for stuff like uh, dual double ended uh, lightsaber and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely. This is an audio game. We are an hour into the podcast. Let's talk about some audio. Um, in terms of the sound design, much like the the visuals it is kind of stripped back they do have a sound effect volume toggle because obviously your volume toggle on your headset or your headphones or whatever it is you're using to get sound in will affect the overall volume but what you might want to do is raise up or even drop down the the game's audio effects in order to be able to hear the music less or more i'm thinking particularly in tracks where uh, you know what you're doing and you actually want to try and play on the beat rather than getting audio feedback that could be something that's particularly um useful i'm out of my depth to talk about sound design this game i feel uh, i will hand it over to you guys is there anything in particular that struck you about the way that this game handles its music and its audio in general that you wanted to raise i just think it's interesting um to see how different people use the this is so I'm going to be talking a lot about custom tracks because that's, you know, most where most For of sure. my time has been um, and and different tracks ask really different things of what a map looks like. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's really easy to map it to like, uh, you know, you're basically just playing the percussion. You know, you are doing the drums of a song, but other times a song may not have drums or the drum track, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be fitting or whatever. And so seeing how people lay those out is really interesting. And one of the things that I love is that I have really found that the sound of slicing through those notes to me adds to the music. You know, you might think like if I have played a track so many times, then I would want to turn it down because I don't need the feedback. But in fact, I think it's, you know, the song doesn't kind of stop if you miss a note. And so one of the best ways of feeling like you're contributing to it is that you are adding this really percussive rhythm to everything that you're doing. And, um, and as is the case with most rhythm games, as you up the difficulty and the density of notes becomes higher, it feels more and more like you are actually playing along to the song and not just that you're kind of like hitting a scant few notes along its course. And so it's it's something that I, I don't know if it's actually due to the audio design or just kind of the effect of what that design does. But I love that there is this extra layer on top of the tracks and sometimes when i'm listening to tracks that i learned about through beat saber i miss it (laughs) which is a you know about the the best thing i can say about it 
I don't remember whether this is a modded feature or whether it's in the game vanilla, but um, it does feature toggleable like 3D audio effects as well. And so you can kind of turn down the amount of reverb. And usually, this is a broad generalization, but this game tends to feature a lot of uh, electronica music and especially really kind of fast, upbeat, heavy hitting electronica music, just because that's what um, they can uh, throw the most notes at you, kind of get you moving the most. It fits well with this abstract environment that they built. Oftentimes, there's not enough kind of silence peering through the sound to hear the effects of this 3D audio and the reverb. Um, but uh, you can definitely hear it on quieter pieces or pieces with um, hmm. more kind of dynamism in their uh, in their production. So is that something you tend to want to increase rather than decrease? Uh, I'm not sure. I think... I don't know if I've really like, again, there are so few tracks to where it really makes a significant difference to my sure. ears anyways, yeah, yeah. that I, I think I just leave it on and it's never really bothered me. Yeah. I yeah, think sure. we just said that about Beat Saber lending itself to a certain genre of music. One I'm not particularly familiar with or indeed drawn to. <laughs> However, despite that, some of the tracks are just really, you're right, certain types of game, uh, uh, music are going to lend itself to Beat Saber for obvious reasons, but it's not, it's not the obvious. You think you're just drumming. No, no. In many cases, you're actually, and some of the best tracks I've found, you're actually reflecting the lyrics, not you know yeah, what they're saying, yeah. but you're hitting when the lyrics are making points, you're making the full stop, going blam, blam, you know, and it's just, and it's, when that happens, and when you're synced to it, I'm going ahead of myself a bit, but that, that's a quite a special moment. And there are some tracks that, of course, do really clever things with that in their, um, in their note tracks, especially the stuff from the community. Uh, I think probably the most famous example is the YMCA that by a clever placement of bombs and notes, it gets you to do the dance <laughs> along with the chorus. And um, my my personal favorite is uh, there's a version of the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song that at one point in the track switches to all single notes and kind of forces by placement of bombs your hand to go up higher. And so you're kind of doing like a fencing motion like you would be doing if you were, you know, sword fighting on a pirate ship. And it's just like (laughs) really exciting. And I'm like, once you kind of realize what's happening, it's like, wow, yeah, this has put me in the place. (laughs) Yeah, those are those are brilliant. I also love um, the a a very, very early uh, kind of popular track was uh rasputin uh specifically a kind of like remix by by some band that's a little faster and more upbeat i don't even know how i'd describe it but there's that kind of like rasputin dance where you're you're kind of like kneeling and throwing your arms out on either side um and and through clever placement of walls and blocks this has you doing that and it is absolutely exhausting but it was i think that was one of the first tracks where I finished it and had that kind of like endorphin rush of, you know, not just doing something successfully in a video game, but kind of like an athletic achievement, <laughs> you know, which which is, I think, one of the reasons that this game is so satisfying to play. Um, but let's let's get into the music and we can talk about that more. Well, I think on that point, this game is maybe more similar than anything else to Just Dance. Uh, because like beginner players will do the dance along with the game and that's fine. You know, they're, they're having fun. They're dancing. Once you kind of get to that next level, you start to understand that like, it's only really tracking the hand that holds the Wiimote or the Joy-Con. So as long as I'm matching the hand movement, I'm okay. And then the experts kind of taking it up a step forward, pay extra attention to that hand that's holding the Joy-Con, but they 
also understand that like, oh, you know, the game is picking up on a little bit more if I do put a little bit more of my body into it. And so you kind of get that enthusiasm back. Once yeah, you, you come full circle. Yeah, right. <laughs> is there a particular track? Because on Guitar Hero, there's the Dragon Force track, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Through the Fire and the Flames. Is there equivalent on Beat Saber that any of you know of? The one that's like, oh, no, no, I can't do that. Oh. <laughs> yes, it is all of the Camellia tracks. That was um, exactly what the, I was going to say. They yeah. are. Yeah. Thank you for that. Obscenely yeah, different. They're so fast. And They're I so say fast. this as someone who has played literally hundreds of hours of this game. I cannot do an Expert Plus uh, Camellia track, which is, I, and I know that sounds, Expert Plus is my default difficulty. Like, that's what I do everything yeah. on. Not mm-hmm. these. Like, they no. are good lord they are hard yeah okay i just felt i had to say it because any rhythm action game has that one track you know the original one of those was uh was angel voices which was the first track added that wasn't in the original soundtrack um Mm -hmm. because that one is pretty long and has some um you know some interesting things the expert plus map on that is just mapped uh, poorly, I would say. Uh, you know, it's mm. difficult, but not difficult in really the satisfying way. But when there was only the expert difficulty and most people were just at kind of the expert difficulty, Angel Voices was a pretty challenging one. Initially, this game was released with 10 tracks, every single one of which uh, Yaroslav Beck worked on with some other artists as well. But the original 10, now on the now in the game's um, track list, uh, listed as Volume 1, uh, they were released on in May 2018. Um, five tracks were added uh, for the PlayStation VR version in November 2018. They were initially not listed as exclusive, but they were listed as we're putting these tracks in and the campaign modes um, and the modifiers and stuff. That was, here's what we're giving extra to this new version on PlayStation VR that we're asking people to 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 pick up. And very quickly, those tracks were then added into the, the PC VR ver, uh, version alongside the campaign was added in, etc. Um, those five are now listed as Volume 2. There is also a Volume 3 that was added August 2019. That's an extra six tracks, I believe. These were all added free uh, you you obviously have to buy the original game they're all added free uh, and um th- uh, beat games have said that what they wanted to do was uh, artists that they are uh, friends with that they like their work but they're not massive well-known mainstream artists they wanted to be able to bring those tracks into the game for free um because it gives those artists great exposure um also it's not terribly expensive to get those tracks into the game because they're not like well-known artists well-known tracks and uh then as of march 2019 so actually just uh before the official release of the game uh, since then we have had one two three four five six different music packs that are paid for packs um those i think are all I hope I'm right in saying this. One pound sixty nine, so probably either one dollar sixty nine or one dollar ninety nine. I would imagine uh, per track, and uh, depending upon how many tracks are in the pack, you can buy the pack for slightly less than uh, that multiple of one pound sixty nine. So you do get a benefit from buying the whole pack, but you can buy on a track by track basis. Um, We have had um, the likes of a Monster Cat music pack, which is various artists under the Monster Cat. Uh, I assume uh, 
music publishing arm uh, is what I think they are. I don't really know Monster Cat. Apologies to anyone listening. Um, we've had Imagine Dragons, which came out uh, E3 2019. That was announced. Um, we also had, as mentioned, free tracks from Camellia that were added in two groups of three, one July 2019 and one actually recently in January 2020. We've had Panic at the Disco, uh, a Rocket League cross Monster Cat music pack, which also had uh, some Beat Saber style customizations put into Rocket League at the same time. And at the Game Awards 2019 in December, uh, Green Day performed and they added uh, six of their tracks to the game as well. And as recently as two months ago, we had a Timbaland music pack added, which in that case are all original tracks. That's a rough summary that may not make it into the podcast because that's a lot of me just listing uh, tracks that were added. But um, as of right now, 32 free tracks are in the game and there are 41 paid tracks. So quite a sizable track list, now 63 uh, tracks that are in there. Those can be played in party mode. Those can be played uh, in solo. Uh, the campaign levels are separate, though. The extra tracks and the tracks you buy won't go into the campaign mode. I think that we can look at this track list and uh, mm-hmm. really see the difficulty of choosing music for multiple audiences. Yeah. Um, yep. mm-hmm. I Absolutely. think one, probably one of the biggest successes of Rock Band and Guitar Hero yes. was kind of pulling from a classic portfolio. And so it, it, you don't have to have uh, nearly as specific tastes in kind of old music because it's all been filtered down to a couple hits anyway. Um, but but with them, they're they're picking you know largely pretty modern songs. Mm-hmm. Boy, these artists generally don't appeal to me, <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's not fair. it's it's not a slight on on them or their music taste. And a lot of these bands are are some of the biggest in the world, and I understand that they would be very excited to to choose them, mm-hmm. but. Every time they pick a, a, a new music pack, I was like, oh, new new Beat Saber. And it's like, oh, it's it's Timbaland. And I just I just don't care. <laughs> it's it's tough, but I just don't care. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. If if you had found uh, 15, 16 year old James and told him he could play Green Day music in a video game, I would have gone bananas. When that performance happened at the Game Awards, I was it was a big shrug of a response. That's just not a band I could imagine wanting really to play their music in this. And not to mention the tracks they chose from that band are not the tracks I would particularly be excited about hearing. Also, you already played Green Day Rock Band, I'm assuming. Well, certainly I have played those songs in, in, yeah, in there. I don't think I ever did play Green Day Rock Band, but uh, I, well, maybe I didn't own it and maybe I did play it. But but yeah, it's, it's one of those weird situations where a lot of it is EDM as a kind of broad... Uh, umbrella term there's different styles and different types and different um, uh, speeds of music in here what i will say uh, from my perspective some of these tracks in here this kind of heavier sounding ones that definitely have guitars in them and probably real drum kits uh, are ones that sound something approximating music like say the prodigy which i do like there are definitely tracks in there that evoke that style of music um, kind of a more garage type sound that I am absolutely uh, up for. There are plenty in here that are not my taste of music, but what I will say is versus something like a box VR, which is an exercise game set to music where that music is 
the sort of thing... Okay, there's no easy way to say this. If you get, uh, say, an app for running or a, a podcast series that's for running with and they use free music in there, they will choose kind of really kind of bland sort of versions of different types. So you'll get a pop punk track that sounds a bit like something you might like if you're into pop punk, but actually it's not, doesn't stand out in any way. Uh, that's how I feel about a lot of games that use music that that is meant to go with gameplay, but it, the gameplay's not about the music. In this case, I I really, as far as I can for a bunch of tracks that aren't my taste normally, that I would listen to normally, I really like these and the way that I can play them. I've, I've never felt limited that much by the selection of tracks I've been offered just by the game. That's not to say I don't see the benefits of having access to any song you might possibly want, but I think I've certainly had my eyes opened. I've got favorite tracks amongst these, which I'm happy to put on and play um, and may even enjoy hearing out of context of, of the game. But yeah, it's a weird one where they kind of haven't tried to please everyone. They've just said, here's the music we're putting in, like it or don't. The the DLC packs, the music packs are kind of where people might get to pick and choose a bit. Panic at the Disco are a band I enjoy so I snapped that up and I've enjoyed playing those songs. Uh, I did wonder how that would work with a different genre of music because it's so uniform outside of a couple of uh, a couple of the music packs that I did wonder how that would work. But it worked for me with those caveats. It's kind of the catch-22 of the custom music in the game to begin with. Like it adds tremendous value to the game. And so there yep. are going to be more people who are interested in the game because the community has catered to their tastes already. Yeah. But I can imagine, and maybe this is just the difference between the uh, PlayStation and uh, PC SKUs, is that, like, what value does paid DLC really bring to Beat Saber when you're already kind of drowning in choices? Uh, and presumably sure. even, you know, these tracks that are being added to the game, like, many of them probably have custom maps already. Yep. And then, you know, there's been recently developed tools that basically can turn any track that's featured on YouTube into a Beat Saber map. And so, you know, it's for sure. I'm sure they're making their money on PlayStation, but um, for the PC players, I, I don't really, you know, they, they benefit from their community propping up the product, but at the same time, they're undercutting their post-sale monetization. Well, I'll say as someone who's played a huge amount of custom tracks and many of the, the you know, professionally made ones, there is a enormous quality difference for the most part. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> that the, the best community mappers are very good. And in fact, they're so good that the best community mappers have actually been hired by Beat Studios to make the paid ones. And so like they, you know, they are they are taking the best of the community. But for the most part, any song that you pay for is going to be miles above um, the the custom tracks in terms of just like how good it feels to play. Most custom tracks only have one or two difficulties, and usually it's just designed for one difficulty and then kind of has notes removed to make it easier. So it is, you know, this is something that I think if you're, it depends how long you've spent in the game, because certainly it kind of like, normal difficulties levels i don't think the differences in map quality stand out as much but but yeah the the professionally made ones are just better for for the most part and 
they have they have seen the best people from the community and often hired them to make it. So even though there are tracks I really love from the community, the quality is way more um, a mixed bag there. Yeah, that's fair. And this is something that didn't really come up to as great a degree in the rock band Guitar Hero boom. I know that there are moddable versions of Guitar Hero maybe rock band, at least some of the guitar heroes on uh, PC mm-hmm. that um, the PC modding scene has really gone to town with. And, and that's cool. But that was always such a minority of the audience. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, probably I, I, I can't judge numbers of, uh, you know, sales between PSVR versus Vive and Oculus Rift, but I can imagine a significant portion of the audience has access to the um, expanded content and the, the modding uh, scene than would uh, those who had played Rock Band before. Yeah, I guess it, it comes that there will always be people who only play on platforms where that's more difficult. PSVR in particular, Quest is different, not necessarily more difficult to get in custom tracks. And it, it'll come down to how happy you are to tinker with a game, to tinker with your your pc to be able to to get the mods installed uh, or to get the uh the mod manager installed and then the mods pull them in and how happy you are to do some of the legwork in working out which are um the good custom tracks from the bad in terms of the note track rather than the music itself and that that comes down to uh you know in the same way as you know the idea about the the best anti-piracy methods being will create something that's cheap accessible and good quality and people will be encouraged to to legitimately purchase rather than having to put in the time and effort to risk downloading a Hungarian musical instead of Harry Potter film. You know, that kind of side of things back in the Napster days. So I, I guess there's a little bit of that here where if you're not someone who wants to get into the weeds in terms of finding the good stuff, you can buy the music packs, but that's only going to apply if that's music you're interested in. Uh, Timbaland's not someone I know particularly in the original tracks. I, I don't have any recognition for because they're original tracks, so I'm not enticed by them. But other packs might work for me. Um, so yeah, uh, they've sold 10 million songs. So that's in theory five per person who's bought the game. Obviously, it's not because some people haven't bought. You know, it doesn't uh, average out that way, or it does average out that way, but it doesn't apply across the board so they still seem to be selling them whether that's goodwill or people actually wanting to buy the the dlc because they don't have access to other who knows there's no way we're going to find out those figures but nice to have the option and good to see that they've continued adding tracks both free and paid for so even if you don't want to pay anything above the cost of the game you're still getting 32 tracks at this point and they are still releasing more and more the the latest track released in fact was um, a track called Fitbeat on the 9th of April 2020 which uh, Yaroslav Beck put together on the basis that people wanted to use Beat Saber indoors as a uh, a fitness tool because they can't go to the gym at the moment it's such a good track too it's it's incredibly good it's one of my favorites that they've added to the game am i am i right in thinking when it says left you're supposed to swipe right and when it says right you're supposed to swipe left because unless i, I've got I believe it's saying on. that because i i don't know what the walls are like on all difficulties but sure. but you're you're squatting to the left or to the right Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and definitely there's a point at which it says, I think, crouch in the song, and sure enough, you are crouching. So it yeah. is, it's a track made for this game more than almost any other, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really good fun. Enjoyed that. And, and a nice thing to put in for completely free. 
We have definitely touched on the accessibility of Beat Saber, but our our one uh, forum uh, contribution for this this game comes from Simon Sloth, and I thought it pertinent to bring in here so we can start talking about the difficulty and accessibility for uh, people who maybe don't play games. So Simon Sloth on the forum says, My wife rarely plays video games. A match of FIFA using two-button mode on my birthday and possibly a handful of other times if I catch her in the right moment. Once I convinced her to give Beat Saber a try, she was hooked. The game is simple to pick up, but difficult to master, and that's why it's been such a hit in our household. Smash the blue block with the blue sword and the red block with the red sword. Then they gradually drip-feed you subtle changes which add to the gameplay's complexity. Soon she was dodging walls, flinging herself to the floor, swinging the move batons like she was a Jedi. It's amazing except for the fact she won't let me have a turn. I suppose my point is that if I look through the list of games I've played over the last couple of years, many of them have control schemes and systems which alienate anyone new to video games. Beat Saber managed for me what nothing else has. It got my wife interested in the pastime I love for the very first time. This is um, a very pertinent point about the ease with which to control it. I've said it many times on my own podcast and others is that the controllers that we've all grown up with, I mean, we evolved from the one-button Atari joystick, speaking for myself, mm. right through to this 19-button monstrosity that is the PS4 controller. Now, I know a lot of people might be yelling at their screen, their, their um, podcast device at the moment, you know, how could you possibly say negative things about a PS4 controller? Well, I'm going to, because you put that <laughs> in the hands of a, of a novice, of someone who doesn't really play video games that much. And yes, there are people out there who are, you know, still like that, I'm afraid. Um, but, you know, contrary to our own echo chamber, that's really intimidating. They think, do I have to press all the buttons? No, just that one. What about this other thing? No, no, that just that. We're used to that. Whereas this game, what do you need? Well, you need the trigger sometimes to select stuff. But other than that, Pretty much it. There's not a lot going on, is there, with regards to interaction? No. You are just swinging your arms. And, of course, moving your head. Because that's a brilliant, brilliant system of having to... And the need to move one's head is, is, is great. But, again, rushing ahead to keep up, you know. But, uh, no, I think this is one of the rare champions of video games because people who actually have an objective... Um, uh, have expressed um, negative thoughts about video games will play this game, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I have the proof of it. You know, both my parents love Beat Saber and have, <laughs> like, genuinely considered getting a VR system, even though they have never had the slightest interest in any other console uh, just for this. My, my non-gamer roommate pretty frequently comes in here to play Beat Saber. Uh, I have I've introduced it to many non-gaming friends who all get it, you know, in, in the same way. Genuinely, I haven't seen something like this since Wii Bowling. And I think it speaks to the fact that we think of Beat Saber as a VR game, but more importantly, it is a motion controls game. And and the fact that it is only motion controls with no buttons required and the default inputs are so intuitive means that it is inherently like open to more people than almost any other game I can think of. Yeah. So in terms of the the obvious way that games uh, kind of cater for different abilities, we've got different difficulties in this game. Um, they are for not all tracks, not all modes, but they are across the board. The different difficulties are easy, normal, hard, expert and expert plus, which was added later in the uh, post 
PlayStation VR update in November um, and then added into PlayStation VR uh, in February 2019. So came a bit afterwards uh, as an extra for people like Jacob who had kind of, uh, is it fair to say, mastered expert difficulty at that point? I mean, I think it's probably um, that almost all custom tracks were harder than almost all you know, default tracks because they were being made by people who had done so. So yeah, Expert Plus kind of was like, all right, we will make tracks to the level that you're already playing yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so where are we all at with difficulty? I guess I'll I'll fire off first. Uh, whenever I've picked this game up, if there's been a significant gap, I have tended to go back to easy and build up. Uh, this time around, two weeks ago, it had been some months since I played Beat Saber, so I picked it up put it on uh, the campaign, bounced out of that uh, at the point I did. So I went through every single track in the game that I had on easy, then bumped up to normal and started playing through the tracks I wanted to uh, uh, on normal and then bumped up to hard. And that's kind of where I've, I've reached at this point after a couple of weeks of playing it once or twice a day for uh, an hour or so. So that's where I'm at. I can see uh, a world in which I get to the point I can do the hard levels. Expert or Expert Plus absolutely terrify me, I'll be honest, just because I'm so out of my depth with them. Like it's it's failure on the level within 15 seconds uh, in most cases. Um, how about everyone else? Where are we at with difficulties? And do we want to talk about the differences, which other people will, I'm sure, know far better than than myself? I think it might be really interesting to hear what the exact differences are. Because I must say that your experience, James, mirrors mine. Um, I'm pretty much at hard, I'm afraid. Sorry. But, uh, hey, I play a lot of games. (laughs) Uh, I interview a lot of people saying that uh, I managed to squeeze a lot of it in. And also, you know, the shenanigans with the drifting controller didn't help. Um, So, uh, no, I definitely mirror. I want to hear what – because I've dabbled for giggles – and then, then also, you know, ego bruising <laughs> with the expert uh, levels. But to hear uh, mm. uh, Jacob say, oh, that's, that's what I play. I play because he's been playing it solidly for two years. Hardly, you know, it makes <laughs> sense. Um, but, yeah, let's expand on that. What is the difference between levels? Well, <laughs> first, I want to say that it is interesting to hear this because I think it is revealing that there is just some inherent skill you know or or maybe youth or or flexibility <laughs> i don't want to you know i want to say this without being no, mean but like that's all right. i i believe no, i it. was okay. playing We're right i was playing songs on hard on like my first day of playing the game mm-hmm. it was like ah normal is too slow you know hard is about what i can handle in like the first two hours <laughs> and i and i think that's just one of those like you know some rhythm games just kind of click for me and i'd be interesting to hear or interested to hear what ryan's experience is as someone who also plays a lot of rhythm games but really the the differences are they're just um they're just more notes <laughs> you know that it's it's similar to guitar hero except guitar hero does not uh, or this game doesn't have the kind of like fifth note uh big jump that guitar hero did um but they're just the notes are more frequent there are more frequent uh crossovers meaning when blue is on the left or red is on the right uh that's something that certainly amps up um and then there are just more more complex patterns they're kind of like drum rolls and whatever that you have to do as the as the levels um get harder but it's not there aren't any vastly new mechanics 
it's just no, no, more. For sure. yeah. uh, one thing I will say, I noticed when I started on hard, it has you cutting in two, two not two different directions, but in uh, horizontal movement with one arm and vertical movement with another, which I hadn't seen on either the easy or normal. Mm, that's interesting. For example. Uh, certainly I've moved like diagonally outward, either up or down or, you know, uh, in, in parallel, but actually moving perpendicular. That was something I noticed in hard that I wasn't doing previously. No, kind of like uh, Jacob mentioned in most rhythm games, I tend to try to get to the higher difficulties as quickly as possible, just because you know, Guitar Hero and um, DJ Max and Musings and all these games, like the more that you feel like you're actually playing the music, the easier it is in a way, once you can kind of like match the mm-hmm. speed, you know, when you're playing on lower difficulties, oftentimes they do that by skipping notes. Yep. And sometimes it's a greater kind of mental load sure. to try to predict what note you're supposed to skip instead of what notes you're supposed to hit. So as soon as you can kind of play the music, I'm going to say as it was meant to be played, uh, not to sound elitist about that, but like with all of the notes intact, like it reduces that level of kind of unhelpful cognition that takes you out of the gameplay and allows you to more kind of like centrally kind of throw everything else aside and just kind of focus on, on playing. So yeah, I, I also play mostly on hard. Um, I There are some tracks that I can do expert and oftentimes I'll try a track on expert and learn pretty quickly whether or not it's for me. <laughs> but uh, I, I will say that like, just like rock band and guitar hero expert, hard, medium, easy, don't mean the same thing across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. There are going to be tracks that are more difficult than others. And I, you know, I kind of wish that uh, it was a little bit easier to tell going into it sometimes, like what type of track this one's going to be. But um, for the most part, you know, I tend to be pretty comfortable on hard. Although I will say that, you know, while I do, like once I did move up to expert on rock band, it was really hard to adjust back downwards again. You know, once you're playing on, if you switch down to medium or, you know, God forbid, easy mode things are just moving so slow that you're hitting notes way ahead of time, like way before you should be hitting them and end up losing a lot of combos. And you you would think it would be making it easier, but it's really making it significantly more difficult. I'll say in Beat Saber, I've not really experienced that to the same degree because I guess you feel like you have more kind of spatial awareness, whereas Mm -hmm. in uh, easy mode on Guitar Hero, you're kind of tracking the velocity of the notes and trying to predict when it's going to overlap because at that point, you know, because there are so many skipped notes, you're not playing the music as much as you're playing the visuals in a yeah. way in, uh, in beat saber, you could mute the track and you could still hit all of the notes correctly just because they are blocks flying at your face. Um, so it, it's not as significant a downgrade as it would be in most rhythm games, but you know, I, I tend to be happier once I can get up to get the, the least, kind of yeah. faster and mm-hmm. I want to get my heart beating, you know, I want to yeah, I want for to sure. have a little bit of a workout too. So yep. <laughs> I also think one of the things that I really gained when playing on, on expert and expert plus is mm-hmm. there is this level of actual, not, not literal music notation, but there is a, a flow to the tracks that I think yep. you aren't really able to see when they aren't coming fast enough. And the, and the best way I can think of um, mm. illustrating this is that 
there is there's a modifier uh, to take away arrows on the notes, meaning that you can yeah. slash them in any direction. And mm-hmm. on higher difficulties, that makes the song 10 times harder because you realize what the arrows are doing is pointing your arm in the direction that it's going to need to go next that if it's going up now then you're going to go down yeah and so and what you what you can kind of do when you're when you're like seeing through the matrix is is like you can see these predictable patterns of notes even in songs that you've never played before you gain this ability Mm -hmm. to kind of sight read the tracks based on the patterns that you know that people use um and it's a really amazing feeling feeling like you have this kind of musical literacy with the game and i didn't start feeling that until i was really on on expert and above i'm kind of curious on that um you know, beyond the putting your arm where it needs to be to hit the next note, are there kind of extra gameplay elements, um, kind of like the Kaizo notations, like where, uh, like you would get in Super Mario World mods or in Super Mario Maker, really difficult levels where, you know, they would spell out letters or they would do like things to kind of visually talk to the player or give you hints beyond just positioning there are i mean it's all positioning because it is it is kind of beat saber but but there are things that i have seen as particularly in custom levels that are just mind-blowing there's one um there's a there's a mapper i really like named tranquilize me um and and they have this song in which uh there's a big build-up and then you do um there are kind of have have any of you seen that thing where there are notes that are kind of in a spiral where usually it's an arrow for the first yeah. one and then it stops? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in this, it is two spirals, one that you do with each of your hands that are going in the opposite direction of each sure. other. So you're so you're like moving your arms in in this way that is just kind of like if you try to do it right now, like move your arms in, in yeah, different it's, it's, directions and loops it's almost impossible and so it's like a little challenge in the middle of it and i, I remember the first time doing that thinking i have never done something like this in beat saber yeah. there are also you know people do really interesting things with walls and with uh with bombs where you're just kind of like moving in in slightly on unorthodox ways but there's not quite as much flexibility as yeah as a you know kaizo level or something I just found that for me when I first started playing the game, I just want to go back to this point and I'm happy that we're talking about it now rather than later, is the is the fact that the game's really not particularly subtle at it, but it's saying, is your arm down? Yeah, it's going to go up again in a minute. Why? Right, here it comes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it was just lovely when I first encountered it. Like, of course, it's telling, it's pushing you into, if your arm is down or your arm is up or to the left or right, there's going to be a momentum. Whatever's next, hmm. just keep it there. Just keep it there. For God's sake, don't move it. If you don't, if you sort of like, or depending on the thing, that there are some tracks where there's one particular one where I ended up finding myself. I was just banging, just waving the <laughs> the, the, the saber because there's a series of notes which had down on all of them. So oh god, oh god, <laughs> just gonna you know, and, and it was like oh we didn't. That was assuming that I had to go up again. wasn't telling me to do so. I'm going to have to, otherwise I'm going to make a bum note or or, or miss, miss the block. And that, that was quite fascinating. That's quite rare. Most of the time, 
the game is telling you your arms should be down or your arms should be to the left or the right. Yeah, and we haven't talked about the uh, the scoring of the game. I don't. We actually don't have it no, on the sheet, but no, I do really no. want to talk about that yeah. because yes. the um, the easy way to describe the scoring is the harder you swing, the more points you get. But that's not actually what no. the game is measuring. It's measuring the arc that your arm takes, and so mm-hmm. it is both. Um, you know, saying that you should you should, you know, leave your arm down when it's down. But it's also saying, like, don't play with your wrists, you know, that that For you sure. should be moving yeah. your arms as much as you can, because even if you can do small movements to hit the notes, you are not going to get the points of of a full arm movement. And that's another reason, you know, kind of what Ryan was saying, like, it, it, it's a reason that when people are playing this at a high level, it does kind of look like dance because they're really moving to hit those yeah. notes yeah because yeah, you have to get the points yeah. you have to get the points to complete the level and you're gonna have to swing not only really hard and fast but accurately as and, well. and one thing that will be uh I, I think apparent to all of us is um for upward swings uh and swings where you feel like you you don't have the natural ability to to get that swing easily you can find yourself getting lower scores on those particularly i found like my downward swing i would very easily get 115 which is the i think the top score you can get on a single cut uh, which is based on your arc but also how close to the center and how in a how much in a straight line you cut through the block and then on the swings back up i wasn't getting enough of an arc before I cut the block because the blocks were lower to the to towards the uh, the ground um, and I really had to start to overextend behind myself when I'm before I swipe up to get a, a high score on that to the point where uh, if I'm actually going for it and really reaching and moving my arms it feels like I can feel my shoulders being pulled uh, like not out their sockets but that kind of thing where you know when you really go to throw something and you feel it pull at the end it feels like that sometimes playing this game if I'm going for a really high score as opposed to just hit the blocks the thing that I struggle with is once I get up to hard and if I were ever to try and get to expert or expert plus I don't feel I have time to get those swings in and that's just a matter of getting used to the speed of movement required I think but uh, but yeah it's it's a lot to ask of someone if you were to jump in uh, hard straight off the bat I would say unless you happen to be Jacob I guess so those aren't the only options for the way that you can play uh, I mentioned in fact that there were mods from day one of this game and one of those mods was uh, both hardware and software to play with a dual-ended saber. A, a, originally, it was pitched as Darth Maul saber. Uh, that should hopefully tell everyone that's listening what we're looking at, which is uh, the two sabers joined together so that it's like a broomstick with saber on either end, if you like. Uh, and that can be done by using a broomstick handle and a couple of grips to hold the sabers on, or um, uh, companies like Pro Saber VR actually supply you with a bar and the holders on each end. Uh, in order to to do that uh i don't think i've seen anyone successfully do this otherwise um originally uh, it was done using a mod that removed the arrows because as you can imagine if you're swinging around something like a rowing paddle for example it's very <laughs> difficult to make sure you're always hitting in the right direction because those could be opposite like in a way that doesn't work so to remove the arrows and just have to cut the block still makes it very difficult but it means you can do some really cool things with sweeping motions where you're cutting through blocks that otherwise it would maybe be very difficult to hit uh, with two individual sabers. Um, The no arrows mode was then officially uh, brought into the game, uh, certainly by August 2018, 
my count now tells me that for Single Saber, there are 20 tracks of the uh, ones that are available. Uh, and for for um, No Arrows mode, I believe there are 15 tracks. Um, those are predominantly found amongst the uh, Volume 1 and 2 uh, groups of tracks. Uh, volume 3 pretty much doesn't have any of these added as far as I'm aware. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll also get on to in a sec 360 degree and 90 degree uh, songs. In those cases, again, it's predominantly the volume one and two tracks. And then a couple of tracks from the music packs get those modes added. So it's not all of them, but select ones are picked out for that. So we've talked uh, about how to play the game. The one area we haven't really touched on that much is the campaign, which is, uh, as far as I'm aware, volume one and two tracks only um and uh launched on psvr first hence includes volume two the five tracks that are in that uh, very quickly after that added to pc because obviously pc players who'd been supporting that game for six months prior to the psvr release didn't really want to end up missing out and beat games did uh i think very well at making sure PSVR felt like it was getting something extra for the release, but then everybody got to enjoy that pretty quickly. Like within a week, I think it was, uh, some of this stuff was added in. There are 51 levels in total of increasing difficulty. Level 31 is the final level, but that doesn't mean you have to beat 31 levels to get to the to get to that because there's A and B stages of different levels, and they only require you to beat certain a certain pathway through the the game. I think it's probably 25, 26 levels in total you would have to beat because there is a cap. You have to beat 21 to get to the final run up to the, to the last level. So there are bottlenecks there to kind of force you to go through certain levels, which is obviously a skill gate, and then to force you to have beaten enough, which is an experience gate, I suppose, to put it that way. Um, I got to level 11 and still have not managed to beat that, which means I've beaten 17 levels which is 33 percent of the total i checked the achievements that are now on oculus quest 2.6 percent of players have completed that level 31 on campaign that campaign level end if you like uh which is unbelievably low but not when i consider how tough that seems uh how has anyone else tried campaign as how has everyone else fared with the campaign i've tried it i haven't really spent that much Mm -hmm. time in it uh going back once you kind of been through the levels then um i felt like uh like a lot of uh like racing games fighting games rhythm games oftentimes the kind of the main course of the the experience leads you through far too much of the game that is kind of beneath my current skill level and then it leads into another portion of the game that is probably a little bit beyond me right now and so you know that that sweet spot is harder to manage in these more kind of progression based modes than if i were to just go into quick play which is where i spend the vast majority of the time yeah i've i've i knocked it out uh pretty quickly once it came out i mean it was all like the the hardest level is expert which which was i went i went back to it the other day and kind of felt like uh like that scene in the end of the Matrix where where Neo is fighting the Smith one handed, or it's just like, oh, okay, this this used to be challenging, <laughs> but I do I do really like actually the little tweaks that they throw in where sometimes yeah, the modifiers, sure, yeah, it was just like like ways that I had never played before. There's one where it's like 
you can't move your hands more than this distance, which is totally opposite to how you would usually play. And so you're just doing these tiny movements. And then sometimes it's like you have to move your hands over this distance. And so then when there weren't any notes, I was just doing like huge circles with my arms to try and get distance. (laughs) And so I I think for I like those for what it is, which is just something that almost everyone who plays the game isn't going to spend much time with. It's it's a fun way of, you know, of varying up the gameplay. But I think they know that it's it's just not the main draw. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Everyone has their own way of playing games like this and driving games and sports games and, you know, like FIFA. You can just play the, you know, the odd footy match and that's fine. Or you can do full on story yeah. mode with various stuff and that's and then you create your own team and all sorts and you can do that too it's got the whole gamut and this is just about that this is catering to lots of different people and lots of different wants people like structure many people do and like to think that oh i'm going to make progressing here towards a finishing line to something Mm -hmm. towards an end now again with my experience with it it mirrors that of james uh because i you know in fact looks like james and i had a different similar experience with beat saber and that's fine Mm -hmm. That's fine. Uh, I fully admit that I'm not as young as I used to be, yeah. and uh, so, and I'm not as flexible as I used mm-hmm. to be. So this is, you know, this is causing that, but it doesn't diminish my uh, enjoyment or. It didn't or stop you playing, playing the game, the, in yeah, any way. the game and the songs you wanted to no. play otherwise. In the way that, say, Absolutely Guitar not. Hero and Rock Band, there were times where you had to unlock songs by playing the campaign, and and if you didn't want to do that, obviously that's not ideal. That lesson got learned a long time ago, and here they don't stop you just going into solo or the party mode and just firing up whatever no. song you want, whatever difficulty you want, with the modifiers you want, and playing in the way you want to play, which I think is really cool. It's whatever, it's just a lovely thing to add, and it's it was a strange omission to have when it first came yeah. out. But why isn't that? Mm. Why is it? Really, I'd like a structured thing to introduce me aspects of the game, yeah. which I haven't really encountered mm. before, as, as has been described already. So, yeah. Uh, So quite briefly, I think, because we've already touched on it, I just wanted to mention Beat Saber as a fitness game. There have been a lot, as there are with uh, any kind of fitness game, your Ring Fat Adventures, your Wii Fit, your Wii Sports, all sorts of stuff like that. There are lots of stories on YouTube, on uh, various uh, websites have articles on people who have used Beat Saber to lose weight. Uh, predominantly lose weight more than fitness because that's what tends to get people clicking because that's usually what people want. It's what a lot of people want to change about themselves is what it says when they step on a scale. The the health and the way that someone might look comes from that as far as their perception goes. One of the, the first ones I saw was uh, someone who had been in an accident and had, uh, due to reduced mobility, uh, put on uh, quite a bit of weight that he wanted to lose. And uh, this is someone called Robert Long who lost 138 pounds by playing Beat Saber and had uh, articles and videos where he gave a lot of tips on how to do that. And what he said was, turn off any type of failure, put it on as high a difficulty as you possibly can. As Ryan, you said, you want to get a sweat up, you want more notes, you want to have to move more. Uh, In the case of someone whose abilities maybe not there, their fitness is not there, turn off the failure, don't worry about the score, and just go for it. And you can burn quite a lot of calories. I mentioned an hour's Beat Saber session currently burns off about 700 calories for me. So 10 of those, and I've in theory lost a kilogram of weight. Um, that's how that balance works out. Um, the VR Institute of Health and Exercise. Yes, that's a thing. 
has looked at it and equated Beat Saber with playing tennis or jogging in terms of the amount of exercise you're getting. In terms of metabolic equivalent of task, it's six to eight mets, which is six to eight times your resting consumption of energy and oxygen. It will provide that kind of amount of strenuous exercise, uh, which is really cool that a game can do that. As Chris, you mentioned, games are often thought of as as sedentary as watching TV or the like. Well, not always. It depends on the game. In this case, it definitely gets you on your feet. I tried playing this sitting down, much to Jacob's (laughs) (laughs) disconcert. I think uh, that that was just to try and set it up. I couldn't move around at the time, so I tried to set up and just, uh, yeah, that's not, it's not the way that uh, makes most sense to play this game. Uh, it, it's feasible, but it's it's not. It doesn't get the dynamic movement that the game kind of demands. I always play um, VR or standing anyway. I've always have. I, I just can't. I know people do, but it's, you think, uh, what is this? It's an event. Yeah. You know, it's an event. Get into it. It depends on the game. I know. It, well, does it? Does it? I don't know. So are you playing I mean, uh, racing games standing up? Yeah, like Elite Dangerous, you know. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. I'm afraid I do. I'm just pretending I'm in like a strange vehicle that has massive keyboards. <laughs> there you go. See? I've added narrative. Um, I I will say that I think the, <laughs> yeah. the tennis or jogging uh, comparison is a good one because this is mm-hmm. just cardio and, and that's yeah, great absolutely. if you're just trying to get your heart rate up. But I will say yeah. as someone who was playing Beat Saber for a year and a half and then started playing Ring Fit Adventure, which features many more kinds of exercise, I completely got my butt kicked by Ring Fit Adventure because it was asking yeah. me to do things that Beat Saber had not been working out. So, yeah. you know, if you were just someone who who doesn't usually get your heart rate up and needs a way to, Beat Saber is amazing. But I think you you were right when you said it's more about, you know, the stories are about losing weight because just moving your arms up and down without much resistance it it is not actually a way of like building muscle really oh no Um, for sure no and and also i should say i've thought about this and then seen a very good warning saying don't don't wear wrist weights or something like you know you think about the kind of like goku thing of like i'm gonna i'm gonna weigh (laughs) myself down uh really easy way to damage your arms (laughs) don't do that well damage your arms or damage something else because you're suddenly putting yeah, weight at the end of your arm and suddenly your swing gets a lot heavier and a lot more force behind it. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely not. But yeah, absolutely. There's no resistance here. So it does mean it's a fairly low impact um, form of exercise, but absolutely uh, a form of cardio exercise for sure. Uh, and a little bit of stretching and balance and that kind of thing as well needs to be employed when you're kind of crouching down and standing up and moving to the side and stuff. So there's definitely uh, plenty going on, but not a kind of full body holistic workout in that way i use it as a workout but the one thing is this i hate sweating in a vr visor yeah, make sure you wipe down just, afterwards <laughs> yeah it's bad i i can't wait until we get vr contact lenses because then i can just be at this you know i can really get in shape yeah i bought i bought a new uh a new insert that's that's kind of like mm. a soft faux leather facial interface um, yeah, yeah yeah because because the foam just soaked up sweat and it was gross yeah i i put a vr cover um interface on on my quest and it helps with the weight distribution on the quest obviously it's quite front heavy with the the processor in there as well um so yeah that helps um and it's easy wipe as well which is really really useful 
Uh, right, I'm almost at this point going to have to hand over to Ryan and Jacob to talk about mods and accessories because, as we've mentioned several times, and I keep wanting to bring up because it's so important, the mods that the community has created for this game have not only been instrumental in some people's experiences with the game, and a lot of people do mod this game, but they have informed, absolutely informed and shaped and helped develop the way this game has gone, the direction it's gone. That goes uh, for the kind of um, the mod managers, if you like, the likes of Mod Saber, which initially allowed custom tracks to be added and other tweaks to be made. Um, and what happened every time the game was updated, generally, uh, the mod, mod Saber broke and had to be fixed before it could then be reinstalled. Uh, that went defunct April 2019, so just before the 1.0, uh, the developer of that kind of um, had to step away from that. But that's not to say there are not plenty of ways to mod Beat Saber. Uh, Beat Saber Mod Manager, Beast Saber, recommend uh, Mod Assistant, and there's also Beat Drop 2. Um, these are all replacements for Mod Saber that are programs you put onto your PC that allow you to gather mods from a site like beatmods.com, which do all sorts of stuff. And that's about where the limit of my knowledge on this runs out. So I will hand over to Jacob and Ryan if, if you want to talk about your experiences, what mods uh, you have and what they allow you to do, and uh, what you would uh, recommend if, if, uh, if any of those. Yeah, so I've I've been modding basically since the beginning. Um, and and the important thing to know and just really the kind of heartbreaker is every update still does break every mod. It doesn't right. not happen anymore. You know, no. there are there are different ways. I use mod assistant. I think mm -hmm. it's fine. But occasionally, like th there's a button to kind of update, but that frequently doesn't work to me. And so then I just have to uninstall yeah. everything and install everything again. And I've just I've never had an experience with a game where I am dreading an update more than with Beat Saber because it plays exactly how I want it to play now. And then mm -hmm. they just add something else Every that I time, don't yeah. need and then I need to <laughs> completely do my setup over again. Yeah. Uh, it's very frustrating. But that being said, I mean, it, it, what more could you ask for? There's an in-game song browser, so you don't even have to leave the game to download songs. You can you can search for all of this. You can get new sabers to play with. Some of my favorites are the the two swords from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance uh, that you can replace your blue and red with. <laughs> One of my favorites is the custom platforms, uh, which, like I mentioned earlier, totally changes the arena. Custom platforms is even more frustrating because that doesn't work with mod assistance auto install for some reason. And so I have to independently reinstall that every time. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's just it's the story of like it is the best thing in the world that will one day I feel like just be permanently broken by the game continuing to update. And so what Beat Saber is now, especially after it's been bought by facebook and the kind of looming mod shutdown is mm. feels even closer is like this this just beautiful point in time and i would guess that five years from now the options that we have actually won't even be at the point they are now 
Yeah, beyond uh, custom songs, <laughs> I really don't spend that much time in the modding mm -hmm. stuff. You know, I'll adjust settings because a lot of these uh, loaders come with stuff that's pre-installed that's pretty easy to just kind of toggle on and off just for fun. Um, but I haven't really used anything that significantly changed the experience beyond um, installing the custom songs. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, the one other thing I should say is, as BeatSage, uh, Ryan mentioned earlier, is very new, but it is an algorithm that uh, turns YouTube audio tracks into uh maps and it sounds like it would be horrible and it is not uh it is is trained on human tracks and so often it will still be a little bit janky but it works better than it has any business working <laughs> and it's been out for like i don't know a month um and so the the potential here is just huge yeah. so with that is there a world in which having that I guess, essentially an AI-created note track for a piece of music. Uh, is there a world in which um, Beat Saber custom track makers would use the AI, use Beat Sage to create a track and then tweak the note track rather than just create one from scratch themselves? Would that speed up their process of creating custom tracks? Maybe. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I've never tried making a custom track no, myself. Sure, yeah. I don't know how, um, you know, how easy it is to kind of move pre-existing notes versus sure. um, doing other Create ones, but scratch, it certainly yeah. would kind of identify the beat for you. Uh, yeah. So maybe it would. Yeah, I, I really hadn't even considered that, but that seems like a great, great potential for kind of future human yeah. computer collaborations. Potentially, yeah, do some of the grunt work with the computer and then the finesse part of it with uh, get someone actually in there to tweak it. Ideally, something like that AI would be built into the game at some point because there are already a lot of games that work like that, not to probably as uh, advanced a degree as Beat Saber does, but we've had games like Audio Surf mm -hmm. on Steam and yeah. Beat Hazard that can you know load up any track that you have as an MP3 and uh, build a you know fun video game level out of that. And so you know, there's, yeah. now that the tools exist, I'm just kind of waiting for um it to be integrated into the software somehow. yeah but you always wonder i mean i feel like the reason that they haven't done more with that is they know that the second taylor swift sees a youtube video with her song yeah, on her it music, you know or yeah. just just to pick someone um that that there's going to be a lawsuit and now what they can say is this is not officially endorsed by the beat saber team in any way and these are just people you know acting out and so it's like even if even if they don't actually say you can put licensed songs in the game it just feels like there's a liability there that they won't be willing the, to the take. moment they can sidestep by just letting it be a community mod that they tacitly accept by not yeah. shutting down yeah yeah i mean other games have done it though i mean none of them have been as public or as owned yeah by Facebook, I, I just but... feel like it's not you know it's like the level of fame that uh, uh uh what is it audio surf has is you know infinitesimally yeah. smaller than beat saber i wondered about the other aspect of that which is the theory is all right it's not true but the theory is uh, that someone who's got an mp3 could be said to have purchased that mp3 so it's their owned music that yes they've absolutely agreed to terms of service and terms of use for but they're using their music to put into the software whereas a youtube video you can literally strip and like just type in the youtube url and pull that mm -hmm. in with no idea of what the copyright situation of that is so that kind of gets 
that might be somewhere that looks a bit kind of legally unsteady as well, perhaps. That's completely off the top of my head. I had no idea about music licensing or legality of use, etc. So um, yeah, kind of out on a limb there. But um, the other area, so uh, PlayStation VR, obviously difficult to mod. You're not really going to be able to upload any old piece of software you want onto your PlayStation 4. That's the idea of the console. Uh, you would think the same would be true of the Oculus Quest, but in much the same way as you can sideload apps onto an Android phone, for example, just by allowing uh, un, uh, unprotected apps to, to be loaded on, um, you can do the same with an app called SideQuest that you can put onto your Quest and then using a piece of software that is called BMBF, you can get custom tracks onto the Oculus Quest. As I understand it, it breaks every time there's a game update as well and needs, as Jacob said, needs you to go back in and all your custom music will still be there. It's just a case of reinstalling the mod to allow it to um, to see the music again. I haven't done it for the pure and simple reason because the other thing I could do is hook my quest up via quest link. Uh, I'd be a bit iffy on whether the tiny extra bit of latency that it would introduce uh, would cause an issue, but I haven't done that purely but i've got this thing in my mind where i don't tend to mod games and in this case like if i do it tends to be a game that i'm playing through for the second time and i'll stick a trainer on just to get myself to a level for a character that i want to try out or whatever and with beat saber i've always felt like i ought to wring every single last drop out of the tracks that are in the game and the campaign and the everything else before i even consider trying to wade into something i don't yet understand and deal with the game or that that aspect, the custom stuff and the mods, um, kind of breaking every time it gets updated. It's something I probably should have just got over and bitten the bullet on, but knowing that Jacob, you and and Ryan as well had tried modding, I kind of left it up to you guys. It's definitely something I'm interested in. Uh, the whole wide world of every single music track ever made is kind of daunting, but um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, check out Jacob's video on uh, Love Letter to Beat Saber if you want to see uh, how having different tracks in different styles of music uh, and particular favorites can kind of affect your um, enjoyment of this particular game, I would recommend. Other areas. So uh, in order, VR footage on YouTube can look very difficult if it's, or uh, difficult to follow if it's straight from the headset because the movement that the player is making is not it's very jarring to someone watching that footage externally. Um, so built into the game now, but originally only done by um, separate external software, particularly a company called LIV, um, you can composite your Beat Saber footage onto a camera shot of you playing the game in real life. Uh, and it's done really smartly by pulling the camera away from your viewpoint to elsewhere in the environment, and then you can compass it over. And obviously, there are known points where your hands are because that's where the controllers are that are being tracked. It allows you to really neatly uh, composite that footage together to make something the likes of most YouTube videos you see of someone just playing a track will be that kind of thing, where you can see them in the in-game environment. Um, that was added as official support. It's in the Quest version even of the Beat Saber settings menu. Um, allows you to talk that on. I didn't try it because I don't have a camera to film myself, but it's good to know again that beat games are kind of bringing that stuff in to allow people to do what otherwise mods have been providing. Uh, all fantastic stuff. Last couple of things to mention, I think. Uh, game Changer is something I heard mooted from official official channels from Beats, Beat Games, which would interface with Beat Saber and allow, when streaming, viewers to impact the note track, I believe. 
as far as I can tell, that's not available to do yet, but it's something they have mentioned as possibly introducing into the game, which sounds ter- just terrifying. <laughs> you know, uh, what what stream viewers could do to a note track, I had no idea. Uh, it sounds very uh, unnerving to me, but uh, there we go. And there is, as with a lot of VR games, there is a tactile slash haptic feedback backpack from a company called Subpack, which is sold out, but you strap on, again, syncs up to the game and provides you with uh, force feedback on your back and, I guess, down the straps at the front as well, so that you can feel the music, I suppose, would be their pitch for it. Um, I strongly considered getting one of these. Yeah, uh, yeah, bet, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, I did not. It's it's mm. several hundred dollars, but really? boy, oh okay. boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah just interesting you know you see all sorts of treadmills and stuff to put people on to increase the immersion that seems like in much the same way as the trans vibrators for res it seems like a neat way to do that with beat saber and presumably could also work if you were playing a shooting game and getting shot but that might be well past my level of tolerance for for the feeling of actually wanting to realize the feeling of being shot uh no thanks i think that brings us to the end of talking about the game but it's not the end of what we have to say Every single time we record on the day of recording, we will reach out on Twitter via the Kane and Rince official uh, Twitter channel, Twitter account, account, account on, oh, geez. No, he said channel, that's YouTube. Okay, account. Uh, we will ask for your reviews of the game, but only in three words. And we had uh, a fair few of them today, actually. Jacob, would you like to kick us off with one that is perfectly suited to yourself? Of course. Bearfish Pie says, Mr. Blue Sky. Yes, Sea Cuts Games nearly fell over. It's a good one. <laughs> Kurt Lewin says, <laughs> Massive Adrenaline Rush. Chrono Cleon says, Gleefully Self-Conscious. She, uh, she, she, Boomy says, Good Sweaty Fun. The Andy SVK says, Beating Scrub Friends. I should point out there are leaderboards in this game. I guess either that or party mode are Andy SVK's preferred way of beating... Or maybe his friends are just standing too close to him while he's playing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah we'll go with that. A, a outstretched with that. limb in the face, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last of all, Zach Impact says, it plays Shrek, which is just wonderful. Uh, <laughs> check out Jacob's article on that for Game Informer. Uh, yeah, wow. That's quite something. All right. The only thing left for us to do is to summarise our thoughts on the game. Uh, we've got a bit of a sandwich of experts and not-so-experts on this. Ryan, I wondered if you would kick us off with your summary of Beat Saber, your thoughts on the game, please. Yeah, um, not to speak poorly of our own recording here, but uh, for as long as we've been going at this, it's really more than almost any other video game I've ever played exactly what it looks like on the tin. (laughs) So you could probably watch a video and get a pretty good idea of whether or not this is for you. Um, I'll say that it's one of the most immediately accessible pick up and play video games out there just because the concept of seeing things come at you and you hitting it with a stick is so kind of innate evolutionarily it seems that like it's hard to imagine somebody who doesn't understand how to play the game i understand there would be um you know physical limitations uh, and of course there are you know ceilings that you can push as far as um boosting your score and um certain you need know, a different um mechanics that you might toggle on or off but it's so um it's so broad but at the same time has such a high kind of skill and fun ceiling as well 
that um, it's hard to not recommend this to anyone. And it's hard to even feel like I have to recommend this to anyone just because it's, it just feels like it just feels so obvious what it is, what it does, and almost makes you think like, why hasn't anyone done this before? It just feels so right and innate and, um, and wonderful. Uh, you know, I, I personally, I like to play with no fail on just because nobody likes to be slowed down in the middle of the track, even if they did miss a few notes here and there. And I will say that on the scale of music games, I tend to think this one's failure mechanic is a little bit more punitive than other games of its type, in my opinion. Um, you know, you could, uh, the recovery from, uh, having kind of a poor run of notes, uh, takes a long time to where if you just kind of miss one or two more beyond that run, like after you've kind of found your rhythm again, then it can, uh, you can get those, uh, uh, that kind of revving down, uh, the sound effect that nobody likes to hear when playing this game. But, uh, yeah, otherwise I think we've said more than enough about the game already. Um, it's great. Go out and play it. You, <laughs> you know, you get what you ask for. Thank you very, very much. Um, yeah, just to, to carry on from that, the tutorial for this game is about 90 seconds long. It, it literally is that short and it's just hit these blocks, make sure it's the right color, dodge the obstacles, dodge the bombs. Okay, you're good to go. It's that quick. And I think that's part of why it is so popular, not just as a VR game, but for people who don't play other games. I think that's just true. It, it, you know, in my experience, in the experiences of uh, a lot of people, that's just the case. Um, nonetheless, we, uh, we had one piece of uh, forum correspondence on this game. And I think part of the uh, issue there is um, that amongst our forum, amongst a lot of people who play games, not that many people um, have access to VR headsets on a ready basis. Um, and that could be uh, uh, an issue of cost, absolutely, because they are not cheap pieces of equipment. It's also an issue of space and an issue of a lot of people not having the ability to just put something onto their face and ignore the rest of the world. If you have kids, for example. Um, so this game does ask quite a lot of the player to get to the point of playing it. But once you are playing it, for as bad as I consider myself to be at this game and rhythm action games in general, um, I keep coming back to Beat Saber in a way I haven't with a lot of other rhythm action games because the playing of it is so fun and it is so easy for me to lose myself in an hour of Beat Saber and to for that to be a workout for the day, one in the morning, one in the evening if I like. It's only cardio, but it I enjoy getting into the headspace of playing Beat Saber and just going for it and finding myself 15 tracks later, just play a pack or two of tracks. And sure enough, I have had an hour of fantastic fun. It's absolutely a rankle when for every missed note, you need to hit 10. I think I calculated it as to get to make that uh, part of your, your energy meter back up. Uh, so it absolutely does uh, punish uh, missed cuts and I spiral. When I miss one, I'm very likely to miss the next. It takes me a second or two to get back on time. Uh, often uh, different phrases in the song don't necessarily have the same pattern of cuts. And as Ryan mentioned on lower difficulties, you can get tripped up by it not quite matching the music. So if you play to the music, sometimes that's not playing to the note track. Uh, so I need to put time into this game to get good enough to play constantly on hard and maybe one day expert, maybe not, but the playing of it, I cannot recommend highly enough. If you have access to a VR headset, if you have access to a friend's or 
uh, when I was in Bristol, my um, partner and I went to a VR cafe and sure enough, they had Beat Saber there because if someone has a VR headset, there is a very good chance they have Beat Saber and I can't say anything other than they absolutely should. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic game and I really enjoy it, however much I let myself down on the actual playing of it. Chris, on your first cane and rinse, would you like to give us your summary of the game, please? Never has a game really made me feel so alive as Beat Saber. This sounds a very pretentious thing to say, but honestly, it's true. Um, it just you get so immersed in it. And I'm not talking about VR. I mean, if, if it wasn't VR, you'd still get that feeling, but the VR makes it even better. And it's a game that really does belong in that space. Um, and, uh, you know, I was surprised at the three-letter reviews, three-word reviews, so I was waiting for Slice and Dice. It's not there. <laughs> Come on. Come on, audience. It's better than that. So I've said it for you. In in C minor. There you go. So, um, But for me, um, uh, for, you know, I was so driven to, to get the most out of this game, and I did find the experience a little bit more... Tactile, as I said earlier, on the PSVR. So I did throw myself through. Okay, let's fix it because it wasn't working properly. And I said, well, what have I got to do? And then I'll, that's the, the fact that I spent not an insignificant amount of time and effort and turning my living room into a green room, an actual green room. And I keep on banging on about that point. But it's it, the, 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 by virtue of that fact, um, it should speak volumes to the audience. My affection I have towards it um it is so much fun and the tutorial doesn't teach you nearly as much as you really need to know and that's the best type of tutorial because really what you need to know in inverted commas is when you actually get into it you realize that oh wait if i hit it really hard i get more point or say hard if i swing and i'm really accurate and i actually do a oh Oh, I get more more points doing that. You know, how do I get more points? How do I do that perfect score? I hit all of them. Why am I still getting not enough to to pass this bit? Oh, wait, I need to do the discovery. And this game keeps on giving. The much much you put into it, it will give back tenfold uh, in many, many regards. It is a work of genius, in my humble opinion, a phrase that many people use and abuse. But in this case, I do believe it's uh, apt. Uh, it's an extraordinary experience, extraordinary game. And if you do have the chance, uh, I would strongly recommend that you have a go. It's honestly, it's so, so intuitive to understand. All I ask you to do is swing some swords about at some blocks in a certain rhythm in a in a funky way. Come on. What's wrong with that? Fantastic. Thank you very, very much. And who else could close out this particular episode or issue of the podcast than jacob uh, take it away jacob uh sure it's the most fun game i've ever played that's <laughs> that's pretty much it you know and and games can be more than fun and there are different things that i appreciate differently but like when when beat saber is firing on all cylinders it is simply the most fun game i have ever played I have many anxieties about the game, and basically all of them is that it is going to evolve away from what it is now, because the way that I have the game set up is on this kind of teetering pile of community-created content, and that is what makes it so unbelievably good. And so I just, I, I hope 
the beat team, all the success in the world. I think that they have created, you know, one of the the kind of like just most visceral sorry to use that word uh game experiences out there um but i just want beat saber to stay just like it is right now (laughs) and and that is a really hard thing to ask of any technology um but for right now yeah there's nothing better fantastic thank you very very much one and all that's really all there is left for me to do. I say a big thank you to Chris, Jacob, and Ryan, who's also editing this episode. So thank you twice to Ryan, as well as all of our correspondents, both on Twitter and the Cane and Rinse forum at caneandrinse.com forward slash forum. Thank you very much for your input. And last but not least, thank you very, very much to every single one of you for listening. Next time in issue 419, another game with arguably no story. Detroit Become Human. Yeah, I got the power. I got the power, I got unlimited power. I got the power, I got unlimited power. I got the power, I got unlimited power. Running the game, we're gonna play the same. I was just doing the same. From red to blue, from blue to red, the from red from overhead.